they did the same thing to you in this game that they did to you in the playoff game last year, Nick, I thought. And that is they killed you with their no-name tight ends, right? That's just what mm-hmm. it is. They did it last year as well. The tight end is never a big part of the Bengals passing game. Then all of a sudden in that playoff game, it was Hayden Hurst just crushing you, right? Six catches, 59 yards and a touchdown. I think he caught that touchdown early in the game. It was a big reason why the Bengals got off and running. They used the tight end to burn you in that game. And they did it again, right? Like, how are you not ready for this? Maybe it was personnel. Maybe it was personnel. Maybe it was the injury to Terrell Bernard there in the second quarter going out with the concussion. That killed the Bills. I get it. I know. You know, you got Tyrell Dodson running around trying to cover the tight ends. It was a problem. I get it. But like the Bengals did the same thing to you as they did last year in that playoff game. And you didn't learn your lesson. You weren't ready for that, Sean McDermott. Like Tanner Hudson, Drew Sample, Irv Smith Jr. These three tight ends the Bengals had. They combined for 10 catches, 101 yards, and two touchdowns, Nick. They yep. punked you again with yep. the tight ends. And if I'm watching yep. that as a Bills fan, I'm saying, I don't care about the injuries on defense. You're letting them do the same thing that they did to you in the in the playoff game, only worse. And that didn't sit right yep. with me. So I, I think that's unacceptable. I think they should have been ready for those tight ends. They weren't, and it was a huge factor in the game. Welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by my good friend Nick Wotan. It's the Bills Wire podcast. We're, of course, powered by the USA Today Network. The podcast is available wherever you get your shows. So subscribe for us stick around with us all season long we're here weekly nick how the hell are you this week wonderful uh, a lot better than the bills as i have come to say more times than uh more times than last season uh at this point really the whole year yeah the bills had three losses last year and uh they were up, up to four so once again i'm doing better than the bills are ryan yeah you've been reusing that line a little bit this year you have a little bit too much yeah. <laughs> a little too much uh yeah this was disappointing this game against the bengals i expected I expected the Bills to come out there and win the game. You know, I, I'm on record saying that last week. Of course, I, I'm always wrong when I pick the Bills game. So, I mean, obviously, you could just take that to the bank. Folks who have been fading O'Leary on the show who listen, <laughs> uh, if you fade O'Leary, you're doing really well. I think I've got one pick right on the Bills against the spread. It was the Commanders game. So I like the Bills coming into it. But I just think, like, Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor, they kind of have the Bills number. They have, they have Sean McDermott's number a little bit, right? I think, Nick, on offense, these are similar teams, right? Superstar quarterbacks, struggling run games. The the Bengals are 32nd in the league in rushing. The Bills are middle of the pack, but it's propped up by Josh Allen, right? Like Both teams largely run through their quarterback and their wide receivers. That's how Mm -hmm. they want to play on offense. The difference, and we've uh, this is beating a dead horse a little bit, but isn't the difference so clearly T. Higgins? Like, on one side, you you got Jamar Chase, you got T. Higgins, you got Tyler Boyd, who... Maybe he's not a stud, but like he's got tons of chemistry with Burrow. He's sitting there in the slot. He's a problem. You have all these receivers. It opens up so much for the Bengals when you have to worry about those guys. You could just feel it in these games. They they just get yards so much easier than the Bills. It is uh, pretty obvious uh, the differences between the Bills and the Bengals at this point. Um, I mean, the playmakers are just miles ahead for the Bengals. Um, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's. Yeah, you look at Gabe Davis. He played in you know ninety three percent of the snaps. I couldn't believe he played in ninety three percent of the snaps. He had two targets on the game. One of them was what the option route that I you know I guess you can say he ran differently than Allen thought, and Allen got called for intentional grounding. I uh, was really mad about that after the game. Oh, that was, but that I mean, was an insane. Other than that, that was the only time I saw Gabe Davis. So look look at the other side of the field. Uh, you know, one hundred and ten from T Higgins, and yeah, it's it, it's. It's just completely uh, obvious with the differences between these two, two teams, and uh, to be to be 
completely fair too. It's uh, really disappointing because the Bills, you know, had their problems on defense, but you know, with the unit scrapped together with duct tape, you know, the the win was there for the taking, and the offense didn't get it done, in my opinion. I would agree with that. I would agree. I think the defense uh, overall did its job. It held the Bengals to twenty four points, but I have. I have some more nits to pick with the defense, and I think it's more with Sean McDermott. I just going back to this matchup with Zach Taylor. I mean, kind of to that point where the weapons the Bengals have force you to account for them, right? And it's just why I think Brandon Bean and the Bills they have to go to the well this offseason. They have to address the offense. They have to get more weapons. I think that's clear. I think Stephon Diggs and Dalton Kincaid is a good start, but we need more because what does it do? It opens up everything for the Bengals, and what it is is they did the same thing to you in this game that they did to you in the playoff game last year, Nick, I thought. And that is they killed you with their no-name tight ends, right? That's just what Mm -hmm. it is. They did it last year as well. The tight end is never a big part of the Bengals passing game. Then all of a sudden in that playoff game, it was Hayden Hurst just crushing you, right? Six catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown. I think he caught that touchdown early in the game. It was a big reason why the Bengals got off and running. They used the tight end to burn you in that game. And they did it again, right? Like, how are you not ready for this? Maybe it was personnel. Maybe it was personnel. Maybe it was the injury to Terrell Bernard there in the second quarter going out with the concussion. That killed the Bills. I get it. I know. You know, you got Tyrell Dodson running around trying to cover the tight ends. It was a problem. I get it. But like the Bengals did the same thing to you as they did last year in that playoff game. And you didn't learn your lesson. You weren't ready for that, Sean McDermott. Like Tanner Hudson, Drew Sample, Irv Smith Jr. These three tight ends the Bengals had. They combined for 10 catches, 101 yards, and two touchdowns, Nick. They yep. punked you again with yep. the tight ends. And if I'm watching yep. that as a Bills fan, I'm saying, I don't care about the injuries on defense. You're letting them do the same thing that they did to you in the in the playoff game, only worse. And that didn't sit right yep. with me. So I, I think that's unacceptable. I think they should have been ready for those tight ends. They weren't, and it was a huge factor in the game. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. And, the you know, like you said, you know, it got even worse when Terrell Bernard goes out. Um, concussion when guys are in the concussion protocol, the the bills. And I think it's more even just the NFL's policy. They don't, don't want to comment at all on concussions. So, you know, they don't want to make it sound like a guy's going to come back too soon and yada, yada. So they don't really say anything. And I'm sure all Sean McDermott is going to tell you all week is, you know, Bernard's going through the protocol and hopefully he can get, get back through it uh, real quick because uh, the bills will, um, yeah, they, they, they need some help covering it. Going into the game, they already didn't have faith in their ability to cover with their linebackers as on passing downs, uh, Dodson was getting taken out of the game. And, uh, you know, that's why they put Taylor Rapp out there on obvious passing downs. And uh, now you now you got to rely on, on that guy. The guy you're relying on to, to lock down tight ends is the guy you were obviously not trusting before injury so not not the best formula for the bills at all and and you know good luck i don't envy sean mcdermott trying to figure out what he's going to do uh next week in that area uh, i can easily admit that <laughs> on offense nick you've talked about this with the bills here in past episodes just you you called it a lack of identity i think we could take it a step further no rhythm no balance right they totally gave up on the running game and i i wanted to get your take on like Chris Collinsworth kept saying it throughout the, especially in the second half. He kept saying it over and over like, oh, now watch it now. The Bills are going to spread you out. Josh Allen will be their run game. He kept saying that, and then that's what happened. (laughs) So, like, I know Chris Collinsworth's been doing it for a long time, but there's also production meetings where he has told Mm -hmm. things. And maybe he heard something. I don't know. But he he kept talking about that in a game where the running backs got a combined eight carries. So maybe they just wanted this to be a big Josh Allen run game. I don't know. But it felt like 
kind of a regression for the offense almost where it was like Josh go make something happen type of game where it was run around run it get out of the pocket throw it like figure it out Josh Allen and I think the Bills are they struggle with that based on their personnel and offense right now so when it's Steph Diggs and Dalton Kincaid that he's focused on like you don't have enough there uh, and so it's just not it's not going to function it's not going to be consistent enough I think that's what we saw but they just totally gave up on the running game Nick what do you think about that yeah and they've not the first time we've seen it either that they just give up on the run game and uh yeah it's it's McDermott even said it himself after the game that you know you only rush the ball eight times and he is totally fine with the Bills passing the ball more than they run it but when you're running it eight times the other team's not even gonna not not gonna care <laughs> you know by the time the game got so late it was you already knew the Bills weren't gonna run the ball so what, what are we doing here it, it just yeah, like no no sense of keeping the defense honest, no two-dimensional offense in the slightest. Um, I think Josh Allen maybe had one designed carry, but yeah, all the other ones were him just trying to, you know, I think he had 44 pass attempts plus then, you know, another five, six rushes that were passing plays. So it was basically just a completely one-dimensional offense. And, uh, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago it was, all right, everyone's starting to blame the offensive coordinator. Here we go. This happens all the time. And now it's kind of, for me, starting to, gain a little traction after that kind of performance because I don't know what the heck the Bills were doing just basically passing them on 100% of plays against the Bengals just come on at least at least pretend at least pretend that you're going to run the ball yeah and I get it the Bengals came out hot uh you got down what was a seven nothing 14 seven I get it but like don't give up on don't you can't give up on the run game like that you just can't uh so yeah um McDermott recovery I think on the positive side on offense Nick I have some some thoughts on defense I want to get to as well here on just like wrapping up the offensive side, uh, Dalton Kincaid. Now he had a, a terrible fumble. I mean, that that was just a such a gut punch. The Bills are going down; they're about to score. Uh, I know the fumble was a tough moment for him. You could see it on his face immediately. He was like, "Oh God!" You know, the way he ran that route and plucked the ball um, before he went like airborne there, uh, and he was, you know, the ball unfortunately got punched out. Nick, I don't think there's a lot of tight ends in football who can move and pluck the ball like that. That was. This kid is, I think they got something here with Dalton Kincaid. I'm not worried about him. I know the fumble sucked, and uh, he's he's going to have to take that one. That was just a tough play. But, boy, he he looks good. I think they're starting to untap something with him. And the, the, the uh, you, know, f- you know, maybe featuring the tight end a little bit more, it looks good. You, know, you can tell Josh Allen likes him and is trying to build a chemistry there. So I think overall that's a positive thing. I'm not worried. The fumble sucked, but I'm not, I liked what happened before the fumble, if that makes sense. I agree. I think he, um, I think Kincaid had a hell of a game, honestly. I mean, I wasn't yes. even that upset with that fumble, right? It was like the guy got flipped in the air and like it seemed like a lucky punch. Tough. Thing. I don't know. Yeah. I know. They were giving the defender <laughs> like a lucky punch. Like, like, I don't think any linebacker like, is trained to punch at somebody um, when they're upside down in the air. It just <laughs> kind of happened. And it was like, oh, it was such a gut punch. You can't let it happen. You know, you want the guy to hold on to the ball. But, uh, you know, I think he's going to learn from that and hopefully keeping, keep taking steps forward. Um, but, man, it's still, I, 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 for me, I see Dalton Kincaid. And, you know, I just think if only the Bills had like another second receiver, then this offense could be pretty solid. But when it's only yeah. just Stefan Diggs and and uh, Kincaid, it's kind of, you know, pretty much locked down uh, quite easily, uh, it seems. Or a lot easier than it could be. Maybe it's Khalil Shakir. I mean, this year, maybe he's the guy. Maybe they got to start firing him up and make him the third option. I don't know. Um, maybe it's Steph Diggs, Dalton Kincaid, Khalil Shakir. Like, maybe that's it. I, I don't know, but I agree with you. But I was... 
I agree with you so much. When Dalton Kincaid's flipping in the air, they made a big deal in the broadcast about, oh, look at how great he punched that ball out. That was luck. That was a lucky punch out. I, I agree 100%, Nick. I was I was kind of, I was like annoyed at, during the broadcast. Like, I don't think he was trying to punch that out. I think his hand just happened to be there. And it, and it looked good for him on the on the replay. But come on, he, he ready to punch the ball out on a somersaulting player? I doubt it. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, you know, I know that, that people were kind of, uh, you know, getting on. I don't want to say getting on him. It wasn't, I don't know. I just thought, hey, you know, the fumble stunk. Bad timing. But yeah, I was up in the air, but upside down. I was like, uh, I don't know. It seemed like he was just kind of grabbed the guy in the air and it happened to puncture. Not to take away from whoever forced that fumble. But yeah, uh, again, I just would be so excited if, I mean, Gabe Davis, man, come on. What are you doing? What are yeah, you doing? That, that that one is hard to explain, right? Because um, Allen's interception, you mentioned, was to Davis. They're They're just not in sync. Right, which is surprising because they played a lot of football together, and we've seen it really work with them to the point where we thought Davis was a guy in this league, and I think he still has a little bit of that in him. We see it in spurts; it just hasn't been consistent this year. Like, why are they not in sync anymore? You know, what I mean, that doesn't make any sense. It's surprising to me that Josh Allen and Gabe Davis are like trying to find it. That's just—it's hard to explain that. Yep. Yeah. It's. Uh, I don't. Yeah. It, I, you can't – it's so hard to believe that this guy who had two targets, one which was an option route, which was a crazy penalty, the other one was an interception on a forced pass, that guy was essentially completely invisible, and he scored four touchdowns in a damn playoff game. I know. What it was unbelievable. That game. Like, unbelievable. The highs and lows of this dude's career so far are insane. Insane. Like, uh, you kind of would think that, oh, Gabe Davis is like injured or something. I don't know. That's what they said all last season. So I don't know what they're going to try to. I don't know. Uh, he's in a he's in a contract year. At this point, I would be shocked if the Bills brought him back uh, after this year uh, because I don't know if he's earned another contract. Some other team will, you know, four touchdowns in a playoff game. That's a hell of a hell of a thing to somehow not get a second contract after. But uh, it's not going to be anything crazy good based off of the way uh, this season's going. No, I agree with you. I think it's over in Buffalo. I think they got to move on. I think they're gonna they're gonna hear it. They're gonna hear the heat. And it's like I, I hate to rip on Gabe Davis because I like the player. I've said that in the past, but ah, it's just weird. It, he and Josh Allen's their connection regressing is just weird. Doesn't make any sense. Again, Khalil Shakir. Maybe it's his it's his turn. Maybe his role needs to continue to increase. He's pretty good with yards after the catch. The Bills need him to step up. Let let's see, let's see it. Um, but speaking of injuries, Nick. Elephant in the room, Vaughn Miller. Uh, so I know he's a big topic among Bills fans because of the way the game ended. Obviously, he's got he's got Joe Mixon dead to rights, right? He does. Uh, if yeah. Vaughn Miller, vin, vintage Vaughn Miller squares the shoulders, cuts Mixon off with his speed, and dumps him for a loss. Buffalo ball, yep. and we're going we're going the other way, right? Present day mm-hmm. present day Vaughn Miller dives at the running back's feet, right? Mixon obviously mm-hmm. easily escapes, gets the, the edge, converts the game ceiling first down. We all know what happened. Players that dive at the feet of the running back like that, Nick, are players that know they don't have the speed to go cut down the angle and make the play one-on-one, right? That's what it is. They just know, I can't get there. I got to just dive at the feet. So that's where that's where Miller is right now, I think. And that, that's alarming. That's disappointing. Maybe physically he's just not all the way back yet. I think that's best-case scenario. Worst-case scenario, I don't want to be you know an ass here and – be a hot take artist, but worst case scenario is that 34 year olds, 34 years old, a lot of tread on the tires, playing a position that's really tough to come back from a major knee injury, like or maybe knee surgery, I should say. 
maybe he's cashed, right? Maybe he just doesn't have that same burst, that same speed. I don't know which one it is. I'm hoping that it's the the former. I hope it's just like he's not physically all the way back yet, but only 24 snaps. And now Miller doesn't have enough juice to make that play on Mixon. That's a play he makes in his sleep earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bills went and got him yeah. for that play, right, Nick? And he didn't make it. This is a this is alarming. This Von Miller situation. Yeah, no, they 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 got him in to be the closer, and he was not the closer. Um, not in that not in that sense. I was trying to I was going to make some kind of uh, punny reference in one of my stories, and I was trying to think of a closer in baseball. I was like, I don't know. I'm a Mets fan. I don't really want to put Mariona Rivera's name in this <laughs> story, so I didn't do it. Um, but yeah, he was not the closer there. Uh, it was brutal. Um, it, 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 in, you keep hearing every single week, the same things too, that, you know, this is the best I felt. Okay. Well, you paid, you still haven't played more than 27 snaps in a game. And technically he played in 24 against the Bengals, but three of them were kneel downs at the end of the game. Good take. After he missed that yep. tackle. Good point. So yeah, man, it's like, uh, I don't know. It, it I, I get that he's on this snap count or whatever you want to call it, uh, pick pitch counts, whatever. Enough of the baseball references in this in this segment, but uh, yeah, uh, it, it, I don't know. Just get, get up. <laughs> Stop saying that you're 100 percent if you're not, man. Like he says it every single week, I'm not 100. All right, well then, why are you only playing like 20 snaps a game every week? Like you're, you're not. Just and, and that was just you know such a. Such a you know gut punch too because if you're picking one player that you want in that spot right there, I mean, Von Miller. Who else are you picking? He's like it, it would be him, and it didn't happen. We've talked about his like crazy positivity in the past, Nick. Right? <laughs> he just he probably won't tell us. He he's just like he probably thinks he's a hundred percent. He's clearly not. I mean, he was cleared in week five. He's got one tackle since then. One tackle, no sacks. They're using him as like a situational pass rusher, I guess. I don't really know. I have to really dig into that. But like, yeah, he's right now when he's on the field, he's not he's not vintage Von Miller. He's probably hurting you more than he's helping you. It's it's a strange situation. It's a really rough situation for the Bills. I mean, this is a big name, highly paid player, difference maker, a game wrecker for you, and he's not he's not wrecking the game. He, I get you can make a case that he's wrecking it the other way. I don't think it's that drastic, but. Boy, yeah, that's that's the elephant in the room right now. Is Von Miller is he's hurting you more than he's helping you, and that is that is strange to say. I did not see that coming, and hopefully that turns around. Hopefully we start seeing him bounce back, and we could say, okay, he's just not he's just not physically there. But uh, Razul Douglas, maybe this is because of some injuries on defense that happened during the game. I know Christian Benford got banged up a little bit too, Nick. Right, Razul Douglas, he got a lot more run than I expected in this game. How do you think he held up? Yeah, I mean, he way more, yeah, injury, way more, uh, way more playing time than I think anyone would have expected, and kind of the same with uh, with Linval Joseph. He played quite a bit. I, he played I mean, a ton. He's a defensive, he's he's a defensive tackle, so he's in the trenches. You don't really see him as much, but yeah, he played right up there, a uh, ton of snaps. He was fine um, too. But, he was fine. And, yeah, and uh, you know, the Bengals only two two and a half yards per carry. That's you know, that's solid. Um, and he's a space eating run stopper, so. Uh, he had a good start and you know i i didn't i think where the more the problem kind of lied w- w- felt like was maybe the safety position for the bills i don't know if you know the uh, hyde and poyer are starting to get over the hill but um you know i know poyer was beaten for a uh beating the end zone uh and the Bengals had uh, i think what was it four or five plays of over 20 yards you know that's kind of 
kind of indicative on your safety positions because uh, you know their job is to stop the big chunks of yards and they did not do that against um against the uh Bengals. and uh yeah you know douglas i mean how 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 difficult or how hard are we going to be on a guy that like just got there in four days ago five days ago whatever yeah. um so yeah i i i thought he played well i thought he you know especially being put in that you know situation um of uh you know a guy goes down and they basically had no other choice it was him or josh norman and uh yeah i think they made the right choice <laughs> who, to, who to put in i think so yeah i think he, i think long term he'll be a he'll be a, a difference maker for the bills uh but and they're gonna need all the help they can get right bernard we're not sure about his injury situation we know it's a concussion we know the bills aren't going to tell us anything about a concussion right nick so that's how that is like so what's going to happen is tyrell dotson going to be the green dot is he going to be the one kind of relaying the plays and be in the middle of the defense uh we're going to see more taylor rap we're going to see more jordan poyer kind of sliding up into that second level and kind of playing linebacker at times which it seems he was doing against the bengals like you're just trying to figure out anything they can do to cover the second in the second level like how are we going to cover with our safeties and linebackers how are we going to cover guys how are we going to cover tight ends it's an issue that's, so we're gonna have to see what happens great but question they need to they need to uh terrell bernard back not to rush him back from a concussion i hope he's healthy nick but they're gonna need him he's having a hell of a year and him going down there's just like this domino trickle down effect that if that guy goes out as well on top of milano and trey white and all this uh it it leaves the bills in a rough space, uh, space, doesn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it, <laughs> how many injuries can this defense, you know, start to, yeah. start to it, it's almost comical now, you know, like, I'm like, you know, you don't want to laugh at people's pain, but it's, you know, if not even just Bernard goes down and then Benford goes down, it's like even the guy now it, it turned into the surprise guys. It started off as okay, these guys are important, and they went down, and now the surprise guys who are actually good are also going down. Like, what is that? What is it in the water uh, <laughs> yeah. up in Buffalo? It's not good. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 it is. You know, you don't want to, like you said, you don't want to rush a guy. The NFL is not going to allow him to to rush a guy, but uh, as linebacker, well, you know, we already touched on. Uh, so I'm not repeating myself that you know they need to figure out how the hell they're going to cover uh, anyone that's a tight end. Yeah. Uh, good luck going forward. Good thing, you know, the likes of Travis Kelsey and, and whatnot aren't in the schedule coming up. Oh, oh wait. wait, that's right. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> oh, God, they're all over the place. Well, well, Dallas Goddard got hurt, so maybe that'll help them with the Eagles. And what is it? Tyler Conklin for the Jets. So he's not that good. But yeah, Travis Kelsey, Cowboys, Chargers. There's there's a, a lot of tough opponents coming up. Uh, Denver Broncos, though, are next on the schedule. Monday Night Football. Let's get into that one here coming up next. First, Week 10 Fantasy Advice from the Huddle.com. Corey Bonini here of TheHuddle.com to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number 10. Quarterback Geno Smith, Seattle Seahawks versus Washington Commanders. Quarterbacks have posted at least 279 yards and two touchdowns in five of the last six contests against Washington, helping make this matchup 32.3% better than the league average in that time frame. Smith has more or less been a fantasy anchor this year, but he has the weapons to get the job done here if you're in need of a warm body with a plus matchup, given the likes of Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Tua Tungavailoa, and Jalen Hurts are all on by. Running back Brian Robinson Jr., Washington Commanders at Seattle Seahawks. Let's take a look at the other side of this matchup. On the ground, running backs have averaged 21.8 attempts, just over 116 rushing yards, and a score per game in the last month against the Seahawks. 
This matchup is much stronger on the ground for Robinson to exploit than via the aerial game, which is where we'll see Antonio Gibson step up. You can find solid RB2 worth here, and Robinson has a rather sturdy floor based on his workload. Washington is going to look to keep Geno Smith and company off the field, and relying on Robinson is the smartest way to accomplish that. Wide receiver Marquise Brown, Arizona Cardinals versus Atlanta Falcons. Quarterback Kyler Murray returns this week, and he'll look to reconnect with Brown. The Falcons have given up the 10th fewest receptions per game since week 4, but this is the easiest opponent against which to score a touchdown in that time frame. 7 of the 55 grabs, or 1 every 7.9, has found the end zone, and this is the third best matchup for PPR efficiency. Brown is a risk-reward wide receiver 3 with number 2 level upside. Logan Thomas, Washington Commanders at Seattle Seahawks. While we typically look to diversify the players and matchups we choose, it's just hard to get away from this one. There's so many angles where fantasy owners can take advantage, especially with so many quality players on by this week. Despite maintaining a consistently valid target share, Thomas has produced erratic results and has a rather low ceiling, especially without finding the end zone. He's a weak flyer for a score, but the volume data against Seattle suggests that he could be a favorable play with a reception-heavy showing in PPR scoring. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out the huddle. All right, we're back. Another primetime spot. Uh, This time, Monday Night Football, home, Denver Broncos. You know what I think the Bills could use right now, Nick? Is a 1 p.m. kickoff. You know, I just think they like. Do you you know off the top of of your head the next time they have a a normal Sunday afternoon kickoff, like a normal week where you just play normal football at a normal time of day on a Sunday? (laughs) Yeah, forever from now. Yeah. Week 17, week 17 against New England. They've literally got late afternoon kickoffs against the Jets, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, and then a week 16 against the, uh, and week 16 against the Chargers Sunday night football. So it's just prime time afternoon kicks. Yeah. I just, I just think, I think the bills could really use a 1 PM kickoff, but yeah, that's going to be their, yeah, it's gotta be their last one then. Um, if if they have, um, you know, I don't think anything's going to get flexed and I don't think with the Patriots, even if the Bills somehow turn it around down the scratch, um, I, I don't think that they're going to flex up Bills Patriots um, out of 1 p.m. So, yeah, uh, but, you know, it's fine. Everyone enjoy. I'll be up till, you know, 2 in the morning, whatever. I well, hate going to sleep. Sleep is stupid. <laughs> yeah, we're all, we're all thinking about you too, Nick, uh, on those late games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, or we drunkenly just fall into our beds after the game while you're working. Um, yeah. But yeah. it's a rough schedule, obviously, coming up. Um, bye week finally arrives in week 13. The Bills probably could use that bye week more than any team. That's a tough one, you know, being this late in the season. Obviously, five and four. Their remaining opponents, Nick, combined 39 and 29 record, combined 10 games over 500. It, it has to be the toughest in the league, right? I can't, I don't yeah, have they were that saying stat. on the broadcast, I think it was, but I didn't, I did not fact check that yet. Okay. But I, I do believe that, yeah. I know, I know Chris Collinsworth was telling me that. So if you want to take his word for it, yeah. Sure. No, somebody was feeding him info. So I'm sure that was, there was something there. Um, but it's interesting. You wrote about this a little bit on Bill's Wire and some of your post game. Like the Bills have kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, the Bills have kind of gone from, okay, surefire, surefire Super Bowl contender, uh, which is where they were at in that crazy Gabe Davis breakout game, right? In that area, of they, they were definitely surefire Super Bowl contenders. And they were kind of like, you know, playoff contenders, but maybe not quite on that top tier, but still there in the playoffs. And now they've fallen to like the in the hunt category, haven't they? Uh, mm-hmm. You wrote about this. Right now, entering week 10, they're outside the AFC playoff pitcher. It is going to be a battle just to make the playoffs this year with their injuries and this schedule coming up. It's going to be, it's going to be a grind. Not saying they can't do it. I actually, I think they can. I think they'll hang in there. I think they'll be in it all the way through, but they're going to be in the hunt. I don't know if they're going to be firmly in the playoff 
pitcher again until the end, right, Nick? So this is where we're at. We're now in the hunt, quote-unquote. That's a weird spot to be as a Bills fan. Yeah, and I mean, I think uh, at least the last I looked, you know, the – of the seven AFC playoff teams of uh, the entire AFC North was in it. So there's no way that's going to happen. That's just, you know, the, no, that's, divisional, that, the divisional games. Is will, that allowed? Um, can all, can all four teams from a division make the playoffs? I, I apparently it is allowed. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it, right now it was, let me see. I think the Bengals, they're all four. Are they all five and three, four and three? Bengals are five and four. At, yeah, yeah, they're almost locked up the Ravens. Everyone else is five and three. So yeah, I think everyone's is is, uh, is in the playoffs right now. But that's not going to happen at the end of it. Every schedule of the NFL now backloads uh, divisional games, so they'll just by the nature of the beast start knocking each other out. But uh, so there's there's kind of you know that one one um, one spot there up for grabs. But uh, yeah, it's not looking pretty for the Bills right now. And they're certainly uh, they're in the dreaded. You know, for for Bills fans, the word in the hunt, uh, you know, is always a, a little little place in in uh, in your hearts because uh, because um, uh, all those years that guy Tom Brady was doing so well, we didn't have a damn chance. Of is that a trigger anything. word for Bills fans in the hunt? Yeah, yeah, because for two decades they were always perennially in the hunt for the playoffs and then never made it. So <laughs> they're back there. You know, the last time they didn't make it was 2018. Uh, that was Allen's rookie year, and I think that was the year they four people start at quarterback where they would have been Alan Peterman, Derek Anderson. I gotta be forgetting somebody. Um, but yeah, they, uh, since 2018, the bills have not been in the hunt and they are firmly in the hunt now, man. That is, uh, well, painful to say even yeah. honestly, <laughs> I'm the one that's usually uh, pretty objective and, and, and keeping myself away from that uh, type of thing. But on the plus side, the bills did jump the jets in the standings last night. So, um, as they lost to the chargers. So go. good for the bills there. The more I watch the Jets, the more I'm just like, the Bills lost this stupid team. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like they're so tough to watch. But Yeah, there's like eight seconds where Zach Wilson looked like, okay, maybe they could survive. And then just for weeks since, <sighs> it's been just painful. Yeah, so much of Robert Sala's face on primetime games, just his reaction to Zach Wilson sucking. Um, it's been yeah. it's been something we've seen quite a bit. The The Bills, we'll, we'll probably see it here in a couple, couple weeks. Bills have a game against the Jets mm-hmm. coming up. But first, we got this Monday night game with... The Denver Broncos, the Bills, of course, are favored by seven and a half because they're always they always play these middling teams and get these huge balloon spreads, Nick. But they're a middling team themselves, right? So it's just mm-hmm. like okay, but the Bills, of course, seven and a half point favorites. What do you think about this matchup? Which is kind of your leadoff thought, right? The Broncos—they've won two straight. They dominated the Chiefs in Week Eight. Then they had a bye, so they're coming in rested up. The Bills, obviously, as expected. Uh, are banged up even more than they were before because they just played a game with the Bengals, which are, are always tough, always tough games. So can Denver hang with Buffalo? I kind of think they can. What do you think? Yeah, um, you know they're they're building a little bit of momentum, and uh, you know there's a reason. You know it's a copycat league, as they all say. Um, so I think I think you know that's a pretty you know a touchdown spread. I can I can see the Bills winning, but I can also also see you know. Uh, See the see the Broncos kind of uh, hanging around a little bit uh, more than uh, people would have thought maybe a few weeks ago, you know. So that's 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 my opening take on the Broncos. I think that they're going to be able to hang around that spread for sure. Yeah, um, you know the Bills, they've been favored by seven points or more, so more than that seven, so seven and a half or higher four times. They've only covered that spread once. I believe that was the Commanders game. Again, that was the only pick I got against the spread right for the Bills all year <laughs> long. Just got to throw that disclaimer out there. Uh, a little bit more on Denver, right? Their defense was a freaking disaster earlier this year. 
but it's actually been among the better defenses over the past month. If you care about a team kind of righting the ship and getting hot, I don't know what Vance Joseph did, uh, but he did something. They they figured it out. They're they've been much better on the on defense. And they just shut down the Chiefs. So you got to give them some credit there. Defense is hot. Offense has been better under Sean Payton than it's been in, in you know the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think there's some belief now in that Broncos locker room too. Like they just smoked the Chiefs, and then the team did not move any of their guys at the trade deadline. Right? The Broncos were like. They were the they were the hot rumor mill, right? Jerry yep. Judy, mm-hmm. Pat Sertan, Garrett Bowles, their left tackle, Justin Simmons, their safety. Like all these guys were hot names at the trade deadline. None of them got moved. So I think they have a little bit of momentum there. Never mind you have a guy in Pat Sertan that can tangle with Steph Diggs and maybe make stuff hard for Steph, and that affects everything with the Bills offense because if where you don't have Steph Diggs, what do we got? I, I don't know. So not a walk in the park. I don't. I don't think it's a walk in the. It's definitely not the walk in the park that it looked like it could be earlier in the year. Um, and scariest part, Nick, is this might be the easiest matchup in the next three weeks before you reach your buy. Right. So mm-hmm. I think the Bills really need this one. But I think personally, in prediction time here, our fan, you know, every 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 listener's favorite part of the show, they know who to take the opposite of me. I'm yeah. taking the points here. Yeah. I think the Broncos. They've scored the first touchdown in four of their last five games. We know the Bills have not been great at the start of games recently they've had some slow starts the broncos have been starting on time that's what they did against the chiefs they came right out scored the first touchdown played from ahead uh i don't think the broncos are necessarily going to win this game but i think they're going to hang in it to your point i think it's going to be around a touchdown four points field goal that kind of game i do think the bills out figure out a way to win it they have to win this game i think they'll figure it out whatever it takes they'll get it done but i think the broncos will cover the spread so that's where i'm at yeah, I, I'm yeah the same. Sevens uh, in the NFL, sevens a, a pretty, pretty solid number, and um, you know, uh, the Bills are kind of just seemingly getting that boost. What feels like is uh, you know, of course, being home, you get a couple of a uh, couple points in the spread, but uh, just home or away, the Bills really don't seem to seem to really have their uh, mojo about them at all. You know, especially on offense, and uh, it just what can they change? That's Again, the most disappointing part about the loss to the Bengals is that this duct tape held together defense uh, kind of did their job. You know, you hold the Bengals to 24 points with all these freaking guys out and you can't you can't get more than 24 points. Um, tough, tough for the Bills. They got to I don't I don't, you know, uh, and it would be awesome, too, if Allen would even, if you know, even if he's going to try to be this pocket passer or whatever he's trying to do now, he's just not running it as much. And it, you know, and, you know. Why hand the ball off to a running back? That's a crazy talk. <laughs> um, you know, this one-dimensional offense. Yeah, I, I think the Bills have a shot at it for sure. But yeah, seven and a half, it seems seems too easy almost. It's the hook, right? The hook makes you think. It's like, what What am I missing? The Bills are banged up. They're not playing good football. They're definitely not executing at their normal level on offense. And they got all these injuries on D. Why, why the hook? Why are they getting seven and a half here? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, there's just something that the, the bookies know that I don't Nick, but I'm not, I I don't want to take the cheese here. I, I keep picking the bills to cover and they keep not covering. Uh, Mm. it's been a while since they've, again, they've been favored by a spread like this four times this season. They've only covered it once. I don't feel like they're in a spot right now to, to do it anytime soon. Denver's coming off a bye. They're healthy. They're feeling good about themselves. They're playing decent football. They have a good run game. Russell Wilson's playing okay. Their defense is hot. Like, I don't know. It, it just feels like a spot where, again, I, I don't 
don't think Denver wins the game per se in Buffalo. That would surprise me, but I think it's it'll be a close ball game. Uh, what should folks be looking for on Bills Wire this week, Nick? Any articles on Ken Dorsey's hot seat, Sean McDermott's hot seat, Josh Allen? Like, what are you, what are you working on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're now along with your usual uh, usual schedule, usually scheduled uh, Bills coverage of you know. We're, we're going to be focusing on the Broncos all week. Now, unfortunately, we're, we're talking about on the bubble and in the hunt. So we'll have all your on the bubble and in the hunt uh, needs over the next couple of weeks at Bill's Wire. Unfortunately, we will have those instead of having, a, you know, a more solid playoff outlook for the Bills. But five and four is what it is right now. Uh, you know, I think Mitch Moore said that the urgency has never been higher. And uh, we're going to we're going to see some urgent players, I guess, on Monday. That's good. I'd rather hear guys saying that stuff than, oh, we're fine. You know, like Von Miller, we're fine. We got a good offense, good yeah. defense. We're fine. Yeah. But no, I'd rather see like we're not fine because they're not. Like it brings me back to that. You know, they do those uh, those America ga- America's game. The NFL Network does that stuff after each Super Bowl. They these big documentaries on the Super Bowl. It was uh, mm-hmm. the Patriots Super Bowl against the Falcons when they're down twenty eight to three and they're getting their asses handed to them. And everyone on the sidelines walk around like, we're good, we're good. Hey, we just got to keep playing. We're good. And Dante Hightower is like, we're not good. We're not good. We got to we gotta do everything better. We got to change everything. We're not good. Stop saying we're good. We need to. We need a miracle. And he just kind of yelled at everybody. That's true. Like the Bills, they're not good. They get, they're not good right now. Well, they're good, but they're not They're not right right now. They got to fix it. So, yeah, I think that's, yeah. the right, that's the right attitude. And, hey, if they can go out and get a nice three-phase win that we feel good about against the Broncos, uh, uh, you got to give them flowers for that. I just... It's hard to have a lot of confidence that they're going to go out and just like handle a team right now, especially a team that's got a little bit of momentum. So we shall see. For Nick Woten, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks, as always, for joining us on the podcast. Bill's Wire is the place to be, pregame, postgame, all that. you got even an extra day to read about Nick's uh, you know, in-the-hunt chatter. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. always know how to rile up the Bill's fans. If that's a trigger word, you're going to have plenty of articles with in-the-hunt in it, Nick. So good for you. <laughs> You're good at that yeah, kind of thing. You know, yeah, you, you know, stick to what you're good at, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Riling up Bills fans. Yeah, you're good at that. That's why you still have this job, obviously, you know, for all this <laughs> yeah. all this time. Uh yeah. So so for Nick, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks as always for joining us. And we will catch you next week. 